Hey everyone, welcome to Emmanuel Fellowship's podcast. This is Pastor Trent, the founding pastor of Emmanuel Fellowship, a church in South Minneapolis that exists to serve our city and to live for God's glory. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We pray that this message encourages you to follow Jesus and to see his presence and power everywhere in your life. This last month, we sat down with a group of spiritual leaders, those who've committed to help lead our gospel communities. And as we were talking and thinking about how can we encourage, um, resource, continue to have a conversation and can even continue to sort of train and grow together, um, we thought, why not turn on the mics and have some further conversation that will um, spur us forward um, throughout the month. Um, So that's what we're going to do here. Um, We're going to talk about the gospel-centered life, the study that we are um, beginning in our gospel communities and um, a little bit of what makes for healthy group dynamics. That was the topic of discussion during our first leaders gathering, healthy group dynamics. What components, what things are needed for a group of people, a small group, um, to function well together? Um, And so as we talked that out, I drew a series of diagrams, because I always draw diagrams. Um, And they were around three Um, key themes. The first one is that healthy groups, um, they tend to have discussions that are lively, where there's interaction from lots of different people, um, and it feels more like a game of pinball, where the the ball gets batted up, um, and then it bounces around and interacts with a, a lot that's going on within the group or with different people. Um, and it's, it's much less like ping pong where there is a back and forth going on constantly between the leader and the person answering a question. Um, the leader's job in a, in a healthy group is to kick off conversation, offer questions, um, get things started such that, um, a real robust dialogue takes place. Um, so we talked about a whole bunch of ideas of how we could get better at that. Um, and it was a really fruitful conversation. The second thing that we talked about was um, that within a healthy group, you need direction. And direction has to be clear, um, but gentle. Um, direction shouldn't be something forceful um, or something strong, strong-willed, um, but it should be clear in that a leader um, should know where the conversation is headed, um, or at least be praying or desiring for it to go in a certain direction. Um, so we, we talked about how easily it happens that people show up to a small group, a gospel community, and they've, they've come from all different places. They've got all sorts of different things on their mind, and they even have different expectations about what's going to happen there. Uh, so part of the job of a leader is to align everybody and to set a direction um, and to pray and to um, encourage the group to go in that direction um, for a conversation. All right, and the last thing um, that we talked about was that um, good groups, healthy groups, um, have a desire for depth. Um, we just we are people that function a lot like icebergs, where there's a lot below the surface of the waters, and um, a good leader and a good community keeps drawing people out, um, trying to unearth what's going on um, beneath the surface of our lives, um, so that we can minister to each other and encourage one another and pray for one another, speak the gospel, um, into the, the, the very core, um, of what's going on in our lives. So, um, there's a quick recap for those of you who were there, um, and 
a little, you know, open window, open door for those of you who weren't about some of the things that we talked about. Um, so let's turn to this, this study, the gospel-centered life. Um, I've been talking a lot, and so now I'd actually like to get Kaylin and Laura involved in here as well. So it's fun for me because these two people, one, Laura is the person who for the past, let's see, I mean, almost 11 years in marriage, but more so beyond that, has been the person who's applied the gospel and spoken the truth of the gospel into my life most consistently, more than any other person on the face of the earth. She knows the under the waters stuff for me, um, and she encourages me with gospel truth. Um, so we've been trying to live this study out in our marriage for over a decade. <laughs> um, so that's really fun for me to have her into this conversation. But it's also fun for me to have Kaylin here because Kaylin's the person that I've been doing that with week by week with a group of men for the last 18 months, right? So like we, we've been in the trenches together trying to encourage one another with the gospel. Um, and he's seen me um, model that. He's jumped in and done that. Um, we've encouraged and ministered to each other. Um, so I'm excited to like have those two speak into this study in particular because I think they're well suited to so how did you um, first hear about this, and, and what's your experience been um, of the gospel Center life? Mm, who's first? Who's, who's going first? I'll take your pick. I'll do it. Okay. This is Laura, and I, Trent was going to the church of the pastor who wrote this, and somehow I heard about it through him, and I loved it, and I... I don't know if this still works this way. I bought the licenses personally. I paid for them so I could get all the licenses to print them. Well, that was way back in the day. <laughs> that was back in the day. It was pre-pub. Pre-pub. It's dedication. So I printed all of these, and then and then I had, I, I don't know why, for some reason in college, I went to the University of Iowa, and I had four different nights a week that I did four different groups of the gospel-centered life. I did them with four different groups of people. Um, two of them, I think, were believers, and then two of the other groups were non-believers, and I did the gospel Center life with both of them. Some of them were like in coffee shops, and some people I went to their apartment. So it was, it was awesome. It was. Um, I thought she was crazy. <laughs> I was a little crazy, <laughs> but um, it was. It's an amazing study. I think to have something that you could use for non-Christians and Christians and to walk like that with people was challenging for me. It was challenging for all of us in the best way. It was really, it was a fun season. Yeah. Yeah. And before we turn on the mic, you know, Kaylin was talking about how where this study came from and why it was written is really important, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, the first time I heard about this study was from you, <laughs> actually. You know, we, I think we would think about actually, you know, doing this, um, you would think about teaching on this book last year. And um, so, we, you know, I was going through it just to, you know, check it out and see what it was like. And my initial reaction was like, wow, this cuts deep. <laughs> These questions, deep. they cut really deep. Like they, they get to the core of like what you actually believe and what you actually feel. And so I was just sort of taken aback by that, especially when talk, we're going to get into it, but minimizing sin and, and just, you know, um, stuff like that. It's just it's, it cuts deep. I think also in a way. Um, I also had, this book gave me an opportunity. I had an opportunity to actually um, share this book with a, a friend 
and actually help them walk through it. So long before we started doing this study this year, um, I've been I've been working with this book with with, uh, with people. So it's a uh, it means a lot to me. Um, it's it's bared a lot of fruit. Yeah. And so um, yeah, I'm excited to for the church to see it and and use it. Yeah. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about this is even with both of you are saying like this works with friends. Um, it works um, with Christians. It's written in a way that it's incredibly like accessible, understandable for non-Christians. Mm. And it calls both Christians and non-Christians to faith in Christ, right? So it, that's one of the beautiful things about it is it's, it has such a broad sort of accessibility. Um, even in the way that it's written, it's like this, this is helpful for new Christians. Mm. It's also really helpful for like seasoned folks in ministry um, because mm -hmm. sometimes folks who've been a Christian a long time have experienced gospel drift to the point where like they're not centered upon the good news mm -hmm. even though they bear all of the marks of cultural Christianity. Um, so there's there's not that kind of good news spirituality um, within them. And so I think this is, I think it's powerful. Um, whether you're a new Christian, whether you're uh, considered yourself a mature Christian or whether you're in ministry or you're still exploring the faith, like this is a is a really helpful study for you. Yeah. Um, so he, I'm just gonna walk us through some of the beginning of the book because I think it will help set up those of you who aren't have not been at those leaders' gatherings and just be um, a primer for those who are going to be leading these studies too. Um, so the the, the first um, section I want to read is just these bullet points, right? Through this course. Here's the authors. They hope that we'll deepen our grasp of the gospel and we'll see our need for continual renewal. They hope that we'll grow as an experience, um, grow as we, see, as we experience transformation from the inside out. Um, and they also hope that we would be challenged to develop authentic relationships as the gospel moves so that we can love and serve others well. Um, there's, a, there's a really helpful list on page five of um, the study called How to Use the Study. Yes, that's helpful because if you want to use the study to the maximum fruitfulness, you should listen to how they're asking you to use it. And, and basically, um, each of the nine lessons contained in this book has a Bible conversation. They're trying to ground and root the conversation, the topic in the scriptures. Right? We believe the Bible and we want to start from the Bible and teach from the Bible mm -hmm. um, and then apply those biblical truths through the rest of um, these lessons. There's also an article written for each of these nine lessons. It's about two pages. Um, it'll take you maybe 10 minutes to read aloud together as a group. And I just encourage all of our gospel communities to do that every week, to read aloud the article. I mean, mark it up. This is your, your book, your copy. Um, make some highlights so that you can then have a conversation about the concepts together. Um, and then the beautiful thing is that this is, this is designed to set up a kind of robust discussion. Um, similar to what we started this, um, this recording talking about. Like it's designed to spur conversation where people are involved and engaged, not just with concepts, but personalizing them to their own lives and what's going on. Um, and to get at that, there's usually a really practical exercise. Um, something that you've got to check boxes, you've got to mark up, you've got to engage with so that um, the truths in these lessons get worked into your real life. 
Um, so there's a Bible conversation, there's an article, there's a discussion, there's an exercise, and then there's a, usually a section to wrap up um, and to pray for one another, um, to perhaps communicate, hey, this is what I'm going to respond and do this week um, in light of this. Um, but all of those sections are, they're necessary and they work well together to kind of move you forward through these nine lessons. What about uh, this next step? What, do you, what to expect? Um, let's uh, reflect on that for a couple minutes here. Well, I think, church, what you should expect is to be challenged. <laughs> um, I, mean, mm. I mean, I think that's, I think if we're doing this right, we're doing this healthy, we will be challenged by this book. Like I said, these questions are going to cut deep. Um, you, you're probably going to hear stories from people that are hard, tough. You're going to come into these groups tired <laughs> with the, your own emotional baggage. So like expect to be challenged, but um, expect to, to also see fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think we should um, expect to, see, to experience challenges. That's where we're walking through these, these chapters and these books. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I would hope that challenge comes in a variety of different areas. You know, like there's going to be some like mental challenge. Some of you, like you're thinking about God and about the gospel, about the scriptures is going to need to be expanded. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, somebody like this is going to press into personal matters in your life where you're like, I, I never had Jesus in there before. <laughs> you know, like that's just, that's not his zone, you know, like, yeah. um, or like it's going to it's going to draw some things up emotionally um to the point where like you're not sure like this this is too much to feel um and so um know that like we we actually want this we want challenge um without challenge we can't grow um so expect to be challenged yeah i think you know number 2 is sort of expect the holy spirit to move and to work in these groups um, I think as leaders, sometimes we can like feel, man, I got to fix this person or I got to, you know, make this go perfect to make this go well, um, make sure everybody's feeling great and make, this, make sure this is a success. But um, I think at the, day, at the end of the day, we got to depend on the Holy Spirit um, to move in these groups, to move people's hearts, um, to spur people to engage in the conversation um, to just bring transformation. So I think expect the Holy Spirit, depend on it, depend on him and um, um, allow him to lead your groups. I'll say this one again. Expect your group's agenda to include an open give and take discussion, reading the article, asking the questions in the booklet, doing the exercise. So yes, Expect that you're going to work through this material. Um, but I would say also expect that like part of the agenda is that we are, we're ministering to each other, right? Mm-hmm. We're, like we're stopping to pray for one another. Like we're taking time to ask questions of each other, um, to being curious, to learn more um, mm-hmm. about what God could be doing in someone's life. Um, so yes, expect that there's, there's some components to the, to the study, but also expect that the agenda is like, we're discipling one another. We're trying to minister good news to each other. Yeah, that's that's great. Expect struggle. Is oh the, boy, is one. Yep. Um, I well, I guess struggle could come in a lot of different ways. 
to think that like everyone comes in a different spot. Everyone comes with a different familiarity with the gospel, a different familiarity with their own heart idolatry. I think some people are so comfortable talking about that. Some people have never thought about it before in their lives. Yeah, I mean, can you reflect on your own experience doing this with a, a variety of different groups? Like, I mean, I think all of them had never thought of most of it before, you know, minimizing sin or what, I, what do I worship or um, do I really need to repent like more than once, you know? That's new for a lot of people. But there is something to think, like when you start like mining the depths of like what do you actually believe and what do you actually aim your life at? And I say I worship Jesus, but what am I actually craving and longing for during the day and what actually drives my emotions all the time? I mean, anytime you're talking about those things, that's new, I think. And even if you've thought about it before, it changes. So... Yeah, I mean, struggle, I think, in the sense that it was hard to, I think it's hard to admit some of these things, too, you know? Like, totally. We don't really want to say it. Like, vulnerability can be scary. Yeah. And also, sometimes, maybe it's not even just that we don't want to say it. Like, we don't even want to think it. Like, we don't <laughs> even want to, like, actually think it about ourselves. Yeah. Like, we don't actually want to have that conversation in our minds. So, yeah. yeah, I think the the line in here of expecting struggle because we all need Jesus every day that's key because like this 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 is going to be experience that presses your need for the lord um and we don't like to admit that (laughs) no um so when we come face to face with it there's a there's a bit of recoil within us usually i do remember trent when you were younger (laughs) oh the glory days (laughs) (laughs) and you were going to this church plant and they were talking about repentance, and I do remember very specifically that you were repenting like every Sunday, and I remember thinking that that was very weird. Like I was like, who would repent all the time? Like It just was so strange to me, because that was new for me, that someone would continually see their sin and repent and interact with Jesus. That was very odd. Mm-hmm. But then, obviously, life-changing to think like that someone would interact with Jesus that regularly. Mm-hmm to see that difference in you and in in our lives and going forward. I mean, I hope that people through this just can see Jesus more and can see that their lives, Jesus is present in our lives in our very days. Yeah, and I do. I I remember that season and conviction of the Holy Spirit week by week. It just became sweet to me Mm -hmm. Um, day by day, like sensing the Lord saying, hey, no, I want you to turn away from that or like, shoot, you're, you're kind of in it again here. <laughs> like, but just the active work of the Holy Spirit helping me to see um, and helping me to see my need for Jesus. Amen. Last one. Last one. <laughs> Expect a group leader um, who not only desires to serve you, but also has needs to. <laughs> Amen. You know, as as group leaders, you know, you're going to come into this space obviously wanting to help people and serve people. Um, but I think you also got to know that you need Jesus too. Like, it's okay for you to be vulnerable too. <laughs> it's okay to share your your needs and how um, how you need Jesus in your life too. So I think, and I think a leader that's vulnerable will actually set the stage for other people to be vulnerable. 
to, yes. sh- to share their um, heart because they, oh, this person's human too. <laughs> you know, they have, you know, um, struggles just like me. But, um, and I think if you're a member of a group and you listen to this, be gracious with your leaders and <laughs> um, like know that, know that they're going through stuff too. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I think maybe a helpful way to close out is actually just to run through one, one additional resource that frames up a, a few things that create safety mm-hmm. um, in a discussion like this. Um, these are the things that your leader needs, <laughs> um, but also the rest of the group needs too. Um, and this comes from, from Pete and Jerry Scazzaro, um, who wrote a, um, a great book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and a number of um, other related material with that one. But um, these are their guidelines for creating a meeting with safety for people to be themselves and to be ministered to. Um, and so let's let's just walk through these briefly just to give group members and group leaders another thing to think about in terms of how they create a, a healthy group dynamic. Um, I'll take the first one. The first one is to be prepared, like as simple as it could be. I mean, when you're prepared and you walk in um, to something with having readied yourself, um, it usually just goes better. Um, so usually healthy groups come with a sense of preparation and that might just be pausing briefly and sort of praying and asking the Lord to meet you when you spend time um, with brothers and sisters in Christ. It could be um, working through any material, pre-reading something if you've been asked to. Um, But preparation for something usually sets the table for it to be more fruitful. And people can can tell when you're not prepared a lot of the time. Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately. Uh, I mean, we're human, but mm-hmm. um, you know, for for your group, it's good to to let them know that there's an agenda and like you you got the, you got the direction that we want to go in down. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I would just exhort the church. Like, would you even just pause for a for a minute or a moment and pray, mm-hmm. and just say, "Hey, Lord, make me ready um, to walk into this space um, with these people," rather than just to run in. Um, so something as simple as that can be um, really helpful. Laura, you want to do number two? Yeah, this one is speak for yourself. To use I statements, you're only expert on yourself. So instead of saying everyone is busy, you say I am busy. Instead of saying, well, we all struggle with forgiving, I struggle with forgiving others. And I would add to that, if someone says something when you're echoing back what they've said, it's like if someone's like, oh, I'm just, I'm so busy. Instead of responding with, well, yeah, everyone is so busy. That kind of minimizes or dismisses what they've said. Mm-hmm. But you could just echo it back to them. Like, I hear you say that you feel really busy or you are really busy. So just keeping that in the singular lane. Yeah. This next one is respecting others. And this one is sort of near and dear to my heart. As sort of an introvert and someone who's been a, a part of a lot of small groups, um, you know, just... If you're as a, a leader and as a member, like just just respecting others and like make sometimes making not going too long in your answers, and you know not speaking too many times, but opening the floor to other people who may be, you know, shy or or not speaking as much. Because I I, mean, I I speak from experience. This has been oftentimes why I've been in groups and I've wanted to say something, <laughs> yeah. um, but you know there's, there's sort of that one or two people that sort of dominate the conversation, 
and and it, it takes sometimes it takes you a lot of courage to like um to like want to say something but when you do as an introvert when you finally do take the courage you want to say it <laughs> yeah um anyway so just being respectful of others to because you know i think the group will go better if everybody's voice is heard um and sometimes even the quiet ones got a lot of good um can bust a group in, in what they have to say so absolutely absolutely number four on this list is no fixing saving or setting people straight Woo. <laughs> All right, listen, we, we want these to be a place where um, you practice just spiritual inquiry, right? You, you, you ask what's going on in other people's lives. You speak um, hope, um, truth into other people's lives. But please don't confuse your role with Christ, right? Please let the Lord be the Lord um, and realize that people will open up things in their lives that won't get solved in a night. Um, so respect the journey that they're on. Trust that the Holy Spirit is the one inside of them, leading them um, into truth, and yeah. that the Lord's timing is the Lord's timing. Um, so resist the temptation to um, offer a quick fix advice, um, something that can sort of button it up and move on. Um, that doesn't help or serve others, and it can minimize um, some of the real challenges that people are facing. That's good. That's good. The next one is turn to wonder if you feel, if someone's sharing and you feel judgmental or defensive, don't get mad. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think this is really good for right now, but you can you think to yourself, I wonder what brought him or her to this belief. I wonder what they're feeling right now. Um, or even... Why am I getting so upset about what they're sharing? What is going on with me that I feel so anxious or judgmental about what they're saying? So it's just a pause and to have a little bit of curiosity about what's happening in the moment. That's good. Um, you know, the next one is trust and learn from silence. Um, I think we all struggle with this. <laughs> like we all hate awkward pauses <laughs> and awkward silences. Mm -hmm. um, especially like if you're a leader and you ask the question and nobody is giving the answer, you can, <laughs> you can like feel this anxiety to like, you know, either answer yourself, mm -hmm. which could be a good thing sometimes, but sometimes it's just good to like just rest and let, let people think about the answers. Cause sometimes people are not saying anything cause they just need time to think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've been there many times in groups where, okay, that that's a tough, that's a deep question. I got I need some time to process it. So it's I think as good as a leader to um, not be afraid of silence and just give people time to to just um, think and share. And remember that sometimes um, it's it's okay if people don't share at all um, as well. So yep. All right, I'll take these last couple. Um, the last two observe confidentiality. All right, so there's a there's a trust. Um, that comes when people start to share stuff. Um, and so I think that means, hey, I'm not going and sharing something to somebody outside of the group that I heard somebody say. Mm -mm. Um, there's, there's just a respect for, hey, people, people shared, with, shared that with the, the others in the room. Um, and, and that was a trust that they had with the community at that point. Um, so I, I think there's... There's something there where you've, you've got to respect um, others being vulnerable and sharing things in their life. Um, 
Now, I, I think there are times when potentially a pastor or a professional does need to be told. Um, but often it's, it's best to go to that person and say, hey, I think this is something that needs to get communicated to, to another. Um, let me help, help you do that. Um, I'll go with you. Um, having trusted me with this, let's go trust somebody else with this to um, get the kind of help that you might need. Um, so I think that's a really crucial piece um, as people start to share life. Um, and then the last thing is punctuality. <laughs> All right. It, it does matter. Like <laughs> if you arrive on time, um, it, people can settle in. Um, they can all sort of start together. Um, the conversation doesn't get delayed. Um, so it's one way that you show love and respect to the other people in the group. So um, I hope these are some like just helpful tips um, to spur you on to create healthy group dynamics in your gospel community. Um, that That's a, a whole community kind of work. Um, yes, it takes good leadership, um, but it also involves the members. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a group effort. Um, so um, be prepared, speak for yourself, respect others, no fixing, saving, setting people straight, turn to wonder, um, trust and learn how to embrace silence, um, observe confidentiality, and be on time. Um, those are the tips um, that Pete and Jerry Scazzaro share with us. Um, and that's all that we have for you um, for this first conversation. Um, thanks for listening in. Um, and uh, we just pray that these things are helpful to you, um, encourage you to settle into your gospel community and, and shape it into a place where people really grow um, in the faith and they learn how to live a life that's centered on the good news of Jesus. Amen. Amen. <laughs> That's a wrap. <laughs>